0: iHeart Media does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's
0: in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
2: So you always follow yeah, the
3: yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSN.
0: Welcome in. We are live in Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you for the next three hours. Huge show lined up, plenty of NFL and college football on today's program. We spent a lot of the show, most of the show yesterday, of course. Coming in fresh, only a couple of hours after the Aaron Rodgers injury and talked a lot about it. We'll do some on today's show. Still trying to pick up the pieces and uh, what the Jets might do. I know that that number, by the way, Paulie, now on Sunday is 9.5. When uh, DraftKings first opened up, that number Jets at the Cowboys after the uh, Rodgers injury, it was initially 7.5. Your your first reaction was, that's not strong enough. He's got to be worth more to the number than that. So now he's pushing up towards 10, the number is anyway, so it's getting close to that full seven points. I have to be honest, like if this thing touches 10 or could it go through 10, at that point to me, the Jets are going to be uh, very appealing, even though it's going to be Zach Wilson going out this week. It's a very good team. And I have the Cowboys rated extremely high this year, but don't you think 10, half looks like a good number to maybe come back on with the Jets in this defense?
4: Yeah, and Dak didn't do much in the first game, although he wasn't asked to do much in that first game. So with the press conference yesterday, they doubled, they tripled down, Salah did, that Zach Wilson is our guy, and obviously we have to make a move and add a veteran. Uh, But, you know, people too many people bringing up what happened last year, which it wasn't even a bad year. By his standards it was. But compared to other quarterbacks, that wasn't a bad year with Rodgers. And then go back and look how many MVPs he just recently won too. So that's why I think it's it's a major downgrade, and he's got to be worth more than seven points. But I, I, you got to see how this plays out and how they use him. You can't come out and say he's our guy and we have full faith in him and then run a Mickey Mouse offense. You can't do it. So here's what we know. He's 33rd in QBR the last two years. He's 31st in interception rate. Oh, he's learned so much. He's being tutored by Rodgers now. He comes out and throws a high school interception right away. Mm-hmm. So, you yes, you have weapons and you have a great rushing attack, and – it worked last year, where it was run the ball and play defense. People forget they were seven and four and they were going to the playoffs until they imploded. And Wilson had no idea how to play quarterback. But you, just, you can't come on. This is this is why the, the Hackett stuff's very important, though. Too,
0: you hired Rodgers' buddy to be the offensive coordinator for sure. Now you don't have Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do? Yeah, I was surprised to see this making the rounds yesterday. Zach Wilson, as a dog of seven points or more last season, two and zero straight up, two and zero ATS. Surprising. That one caught me off guard a little bit. Was it? Uh, was it Josh Allen and um and, and went into Lambeau Lambo and beat Rodgers? Yeah. Yep. To your point, by the way. So people, it's all recency bias, right? People have last year with Aaron Rodgers in their heads, like, well, he did make a major dip, and he's old, and he's not going to be able to go back again. <laughs> as I pointed out on Monday when we previewed the Monday Night Football game. You have to remember, he lost Devontae Adams. And people will say, well, Mitch, Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but he still had Travis Kelsey. And look at what that looked like last Thursday night when he no longer had Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. And Rodgers was uh, working with all rookie uh, wide receivers. Now he goes onto the Jets and he's got a guy like Garrett Wilson to to work with. Imagine if this move was made for Rodgers the year after he won another MVP. Imagine the hype for that team then. Because people would have the last two years in their brains thinking, oh, my God, this is the best team in football. He's going to throw for 40 touchdowns and five INTs, and he's going to win another MVP, and this team can't be stopped. But they had last year thinking, well, he's done. It's just it's silly the way people think about this stuff.
4: Yeah, the numbers are staggering. 25 touchdowns, two interceptions. 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. 48 and five. 37 and four. He was an absolute killer in some of those years. Yeah. I mean, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Come on. I mean, going back, that's a, that's a John Elway season back yeah. in the heyday. John
0: Elway, the most <laughs> touchdown passes he ever threw in a single season was 27. Uh-huh. Can you believe that? Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of times now quarterbacks have that by like week 10. Uh huh. Yep. I get a different sport now. But yeah, those Rodgers years were phenomenal. And again, he was going to have weapons to work with this year. So um, I don't know. I, I, I still don't believe him. I still don't believe the Jets. I don't know how you can be content with Zach Wilson. We have a guest coming on in, in an hour who covers the team. I'd like to throw like 11 guys at him. Well, they're, you, sure. They're working the phones, but, but this he's going to be our guy here. But, but you know
4: what's going to happen? I mean, with, with between the, the no confidence and doesn't – how I don't know how he can be this bad when he was a top five pick and he was so good, at least accuracy-wise at BYU. I, I don't know what's happened. I, I'm, I'm shocked how bad he's been. And, again, how bad the interception was and he's just running dump off stuff. The touchdown pass. He couldn't even make a simple throw inside the five-yard line. Yeah. And when Wilson has to make that catch. Oh, that was all Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. So, But you're, you're, you're talking a big game about how you have all this confidence in him, but then I want to see what kind of offense you're going to run. Are you going to go back there and are you going to sling it with him? Can he make simple throws? He had two nice throws in the game when he came in, although he was in a tough spot. But it's, uh, it's just staggering, the, the numbers here, the last couple of years and how bad it was and how he imploded at the end. Twice, twice he was benched now.
0: So. What's the record going
4: into the bye week? Oh, boy. They're now home dogs against New England? I think I read that. Uh, that. Yeah. Is that what the updated numbers are now? Pick.
0: Okay, pick. It's at Dallas, New England, KC, at Denver, Philadelphia. We all knew this, right? The schedule was uh, an absolute bear. Two and and four?
4: You, You do cartwheels for three and three? Some people expected two and four, even though with Rodgers. Even with Rodgers, right. Because how tough the schedule was. And right. it is an, an, is an easy schedule uh, after that and, and, and easy at the back loaded. I'll, g- I'll give you, you this. it looks like. But.
0: Here, here's the path. If this team can stay afloat somehow with Zach Wilson and be a play, let's say they win 10 games still, and our playoff team, Robert Saul is probably going to be your coach of the year. That probably has to happen, though, right? Because uh-huh. if they right. win eight games, miss the playoffs. Yeah. It, it is New York. They get the benefit of the doubt a lot. I get that. But if they can if they can somehow, if they're 3-3, three and three, the hype for this team, and when the schedule eases up a little bit, and the defense is playing out of their minds, and Hall looks great, and maybe Cook is going at the same time, and Wilson is putting together a nice year, Salah's going to win coach of the year. Mm-hmm. That's a big if. I get that. Yeah. but Well, I, I still think it's right. I still think it's a hell of a team.
4: And a lot, there was smoke with Jacoby Brissett. There was uh, the report, they're working the phones and calling a lot of veterans. I don't like the Wentz. I've been adamant. I can't believe Wilson was still on the roster. You should have cut bait. Uh, But Jacoby Brissett put up good numbers, a lot better than Watson when he was in there last year. Mm -hmm. I'll say this, they're acting tough and they're talking a big game in New York. So here's WFAN radio. Here's Brandon Tierney who's a host there and a longtime Jet fan, on what happens now in a pep talk
1: to the Jet fans. And four plays in, he's done. He's done. Do not tell me today that the season is over. Get up! Stop walking around work like a loser! Get your act together! We're playing until January! There is no way! do I'm it out now. No chance. If you didn't kill us last night, we are unkillable. I have Zach's back. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but I am saying playoffs with Zach.
5: And I,
3: I think the season, in fact, might be over. BT. I had to break it to you. Uh, uh, listen, that's fine.
4: that's excellent yeah so uh, Robert it's it's gonna be tough but again it's you just look at what the 49ers did and now look what the Jets are doing oh I mean the 49ers knew the guy couldn't play and said get him out of here get Lance out of here he can't make an easy simple throw and the same thing happened week in and week out with Wilson and then you're still like, oh, I'm going to keep him around. You never know. He's going to walk. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, now, thing. Now
0: and, gonna, you can't say, I'm going to sink or swim with the guy. You can't do but, that. You know what's great about that, though? Even though they traded up for Trey Lance and took him third overall, then next year they followed it up. By, I don't care where he went. I don't care that he was Mr. Irrelevant. Uh-huh, right. Brock Purdy's last pick in the draft. They still addressed the quarterback position in the draft the following year. Yeah. And this is no nonsense here. Lance can't play? Bye. We're going to go with a guy who was taken last overall, and guess what? He looks damn good because we're that confident, and offensively, they can make that happen. That's the biggest difference, though. The Niners are an offensive, well, they have everything, but offensively with Shanahan as the guy compared to solid defensive-minded guy, if, if it was vice versa, do you think Kyle Shanahan would be happy with Zach Wilson as a, as a Jets coach? They'd probably be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're not sitting on their hands. They're making uh, yeah. other moves.
4: Yeah. It was said by someone yesterday, It's uh, there's depression and there's sports depression, obviously real life and what goes on day to day, but that was sports depression, and I still can't believe what happened. But a good job by Indiana Jet and a lot of people. What was Rodgers doing on the play? Wilson is wide open. He's wide open. I don't know why he didn't throw the ball. And then the report. What was he tweeting while he was getting going, uh, going to the, see the doctors and everything? I mean, yeah. t- it's like wow. The reports were he didn't like when they were going to run this play, and then Brown and Becton would cut block, and what would happen? And he was concerned about it. And, huh, how would they even know that already? Well, uh, yeah. But P- look, P- look at look at this. Look at this. He's wide open. Yeah, he's got Wilson for a huge gain. Sure. And then there's a better view where it's behind Rogers. Where the, 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 you're filming behind Rodgers the picture and Wilson. It's a much clearer picture where Wilson is wide open and he didn't
0: throw the ball. Right. And then he, that's the play he got hurt on. I will say this could have been, I mean, think about it for a second here. He just ran out of the tunnel carrying the American flag on 9-11 in his first ever game, which was on a Monday night in New York. He's been around the league for a long time. He knows how good he's been. He's probably still a little bit rattled. Could have been a little bit nervous. Yeah. I mean, put yourself in his shoes for a second. Don't you think, like, that's a huge moment? And, oh, my God. And maybe the first series, he's going to be a little like, uh... Yeah. Well, and then he's going to calm down a little bit. I like Brandon's pep talk, but his co-host is right. The
4: season's over with Wilson. But they can, they can do some things and make a deep run if they go out and, a, and get a veteran quarterback. And a guy that can come in and manage the game and give you maybe 230, 240 yards a game, which isn't a big ask with those weapons
0: and rushing attack. I'll tell you right now, I think the players, at least for one more week, other than Wilson, are going to go above their skis, man, and play out of their minds. I won't be surprised if they pick off Dak Prescott three times in the game on Sunday. Win-lose up next. It took one week to remind us how difficult these NFL betting contests can be. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment including fees. iHeart Media does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment
3: is follow
4: the money on vsan looking to be a better better get up to juice reel in the app store it's not a sports book a tool to help you beat the books juice reel connects all your sports betting accounts into one app loads all your betting history and gives you an edge backed by nearly one billion in bets from bettors in all 50 states use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers don't place another bet till you've downloaded this sports betting tool juice reel juice like orange juice reel r-e-e-l
0: absolutely free download juice reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better, better. If you're new to the show during the football season here, we will talk about look ahead numbers every single week when they're released. I like betting these. Uh, you can also try to like figure out what's going to happen this week to see if a number might be gone next week to get ahead of it, to add some of that to uh, your portfolio. I think it's a good way to make bets. Um, and here you go with the overall week three numbers. Next Thursday night, we get the Giants at the 49ers. Yeah. San Francisco's nine and a half.
4: Jesus. Now oh, this opener. escalated quickly. <laughs> what? Uh, two things here. Number one, the Giants better beat Arizona Sunday. Um, or the great scene in the movie, The Program, where Jimmy Kahn comes in and, want to see what your season's going to look like? And he flips over the table with all the Gatorade on it. I mean, this is... And the other thing is, uh, this is the perilous trade of putting New York teams in all these prime time games. Bingo. What if they're bad? So we're stuck with Giants and Jets here, and this could be,
0: oh boy. Well, okay, so in terms of this overall number, here's how it gets to 10. Clearly, I mean, it's, the Niners can blow out the Rams on Sunday. That number was bet up to eight now, right? So that's going to be a home game for the, for the Niners. Technically, it's a road game, but they take over so far every time they play there against the Rams. And if the Giants happen to struggle against the Cardinals, this thing's going to go to 10, no problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think the Giants, maybe they'll blow out the Cardinals, but I expect something completely different than what we watch Sunday night with this team. Oh, come on.
4: Yeah. These that, guys that game got brought, out of control. That, yeah, they absolutely embarrassed everyone. Uh, everyone watched that horror show. So they know this too. They know what's on deck. You know, it's a short week, another
0: road game. Their, their season goes down the drain if they can't win Sunday. Some differences in the market here. Uh, New England is two now at the Jets on Sunday here in las vegas that opened up a pickem is that a complete overreaction
4: yeah i still think mac jones is is below average uh what's this the total my god i can't imagine you you got to put up a 36 at least i don't care if it's today's nfl and you can get 20 to 17 by accident now last year they played a 22 17 mm-hmm. and a 10 uh, 3 but the, some garbage touchdowns in that first game late. And then the walk-off punt return in that second game. Patriots have beat them 14 in a row. That's the other thing. You should get a huge effort again from the Jets. I agree with you Sunday. You can't you, – you can't, it's, it's, uh,
0: it's homecoming. The Jets are homecoming here. You've lost 14 in a row to these guys. It's enough already. You know what this team could be like? It could be like that Jacksonville team from a handful of years ago that had Blake Bortles. And the defense was just a powerhouse. Uh-huh. Okay. And then every single week they were carrying the team, and Bortles could not score an offense, and they just lost it eventually. Remember those reports that came out? People were outside yeah, the locker room, yeah. and people, yep. players were losing their minds. Yep. Uh, the Colts are at the Ravens. Baltimore's lane eight and a half. A lot of injuries for the Ravens this week. Uh huh. Hence that number going up to three and a half. Atlanta at Detroit lines are five and a half.
4: Uh, seems short. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want anything to do with Ritter.
0: What do the Lions blow out the Seahawks this week? Very well, could all the injuries? Yep. You can. And, and Atlanta and loses to the Packers. You can kiss five and a half goodbye. Yep. Uh, New Orleans at Green Bay. DraftKings has Green Bay a one point favorite here in Las Vegas. Green Bay's a three point favorite.
4: I think, I, I think the wrong teams favored. I think we're overreacting to what happened. They're good. Ooh. They look good. You're right about the defense, but come on. This this I don't know where this bear hype came from. It's mm. unwarranted and ridiculous. Mm. No, I, so. I disagree. I think they should be, I just, I all right. they should I'm, be three. I'm high three on Bay. this all right, I'm high on this Saints team.
0: Denver at Miami and the yeah. Dolphins are five and a half.
4: And there's another team. Denver better win Sunday. And we got to see something out of Wilson in that offense. I, I know understand. it was funky where no, there weren't many possessions in the second half, but
0: Yeah. I understand the Broncos defense is really good. How on earth is the offense going to keep up with Tua? And is it going to be 90% humidity? Uh Uh-huh. That's another thing. Right. Late September. You're telling me that if uh, Tua is healthy and those guys come in, this is going to be the first home game? I don't care how good that secondary is. Yeah. Nobody is going to – they're going to have to double or triple-team Tyreek Hill. If they get out to a lead, Russell Wilson has to, like, get back into the game. I don't like those chances, especially if they're still dinged up uh, at wide receiver. Chargers are one and a half at Minnesota – at DraftKings, two and a half here in Las Vegas. This power rating for the Chargers is just, I, I i get it. They're very good. But two and a half point favorites at some spots, so at Minnesota? Yep. Okay, Buffalo's five and a half at Washington. I don't want Washington. I don't disagree. Yep. Houston at Jacksonville, the Jags are seven. That seems short. Yeah. I know Houston's given them problems, and they knocked
4: all those people out in Survivor last year. When Houston went in there and won, and, and Lawrence was terrible, but it's—I I don't think. Again, I just think the defense is lousy, and they're not going to do much on offense. Ryan's will make them get them to fight and play hard. But I think—I la, think last week, I think people overreacting. Well, they look good at night. No, I just think it was bad, Lamar Jackson, and he said it after the game. Tennessee at Cleveland. The Browns are four and a half at home to the Titans. I agree with Adam Chernoff, who's on every Friday. I was listening to his podcast. Yeah, they won the game and they looked impressive in what happened with the score. But they were the, the Browns were terrible in yep. that game. It was just all bad Cincinnati, and that was uh, so I, I don't understand this Browns power rating. Yep, they're two and a half in Pittsburgh. I, that's, that's, it's out of control.
0: No, I, I'm probably going to despite those injuries with the Steelers. I'm probably going to be on Pittsburgh again this week. I'll give you one here. And I don't bet a lot of favorites in the NFL. Carolina's at um, Seattle, and the Seahawks are Lane four. Now this week in particular, I know they're playing at Detroit. But they're going to get a couple of guys back in their secondary. I know the off, they signed Jason Peters, who's 41 years old. I know. They must, the offensive line must be pretty bad. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Carolina also had injuries. I, I don't think Carolina's going to be able to move the ball at all. I don't think Bryce Young's going to be able to throw on Seattle, I despite what Matthew Stafford did in week one. I think four. Now this comes down to Geno, though. What kind of Geno are we going to get? Yep. Uh, Chicago at KC, Chiefs are 11 and a half. Is it going to be a bloodbath? Will it be a burial?
4: They should do whatever they want, unless t- Tony uh, drops the ball. But Yeah.
0: Uh, Dallas is 10 and a half at Arizona. Oh, God. And that, that will be 80-20 Cowboys <laughs> yes. fans. Good, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Let's start the insanity. Here we go. it lay an 11 on the road. That might be another shutout for the Cowboys. Yeah. True. How many times will Dobbs turn it over? Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, out here in Las Vegas, DraftKings has pit a one and a half point favorite here good in game. town. It's a pick'em Sunday night game.
4: Bad job by the league. There's only three late games. Uh, this is the Sunday night game. You're a good point. This will be a the Steeler fans will take over. Mm-hmm. Peer, careful where you stay. People are getting hacked left
0: and right. So it could be three hours uh, when you check in. More on that coming up. Uh-huh. Monday night football. Another double heddle, uh, Header. The Eagles are seven at Tampa Bay, and the Rams are at Cincinnati. The Bengals are seven and a half. Well, that just has people are going to be betting teasers or money moneyline parlays to the roof on Monday night. I was I was concerned
4: what happened from an offensive standpoint with the Eagles. Maybe just New England's that good defensively. I don't know, and then the weather. But we're we're, we're getting out of control with Tampa though too. I mean, Tampa can't be laying three this Sunday, even though the, the Bears were so bad in Week One. Cousins threw an interception inside the ten. He fumbled in the red zone on another drive, and he fumbled deep in his own territory. 20-17 to 17 Tampa. Yeah. Baker Mayfield had one nice drive in that game. Tampa's awful.
0: Well, peekaboo, marquee, in Chicago, good morning. We had a uh, huge reaction from Bears fans yesterday saying, guys, don't fall for it. The Bears never do well in Tampa, Ever. We're talking about lifelong. Oh, going back to good old days. Going way back. It's like some place that they've gone. The Minnesota Vikings never did well there. Okay. uh, That's another one, too. Green Bay didn't for a while. So that's, and by the way, the weather in Tampa, tough. Probably not used to, you know, just so. That's one thing to keep an eye on. By the way, one for this week, tying in that Monday night game. Bengals at home lane, seven and a half to the Rams. This week, you all know about Dobbins, done for the year. In the secondary for the Ravens, Marcus Williams is going to miss some time. Humphrey could play. He's also hurt. On the O-line, Linderbaum and, and Staley could miss this week against the Bengals. Now, that line has been driven up because of all this news. Since he laying three and a half, that total is 46 and a half. Boy, does that feel high. But Baltimore is 18-3-1 in their last 22 as an underdog. Get out. That's awesome coaching, man. Wow. I would no idea. 18-3-1
4: last 22 as a dog. Mm-hmm. I give I give Teddy credit. Uh, Teddy covers credit. We were having lunch with him, and I gave him the the week two look. Ahead, look ahead lines came out when we were having lunch. He goes, I go three and a half. He goes, oh, that's way too high. I get that now because Cincinnati cannot be three and a half at home to Baltimore. Mm.
0: I, I don't disagree. All right, so follow the money here on Veasan, the sports betting network. Up next, today's Major League Baseball card. We only have a couple of these days left. In particular, one that qualifies is a huge one for a popular betting market. We'll run down the numbers and tell you which market we're talking about next on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Is follow the money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSN.
0: Welcome back. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Starting this hour, talking National Football League, of course, and the New York Jets. As Dan Leberfeld joins the program now, publisher of Jets Confidential magazine, he's on Twitter at Jets Whispers. Dan, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Uh, you were at the game on Monday night. Can you describe what that? whole thing was like Rodgers coming out of the tunnel with the American flag uh everybody the anticipation for him to be the quarterback and then he goes down four plays in just the change in atmosphere what happened in uh, such a sh- uh, short amount of time
2: yeah it was wild uh I haven't heard the stadium that loud in a really long time it was a playoff atmosphere you know they had a Super Bowl kind of things going on with the, the giving the fans all kind of lights to to put up there. And it was an atmosphere like I've never seen, uh, in 20 years, as far as uh, covering the Jets. So, and then it went from that to, you know, four plays in uh, the injury. And then the tweet from the team saying the x-ray was negative, uh, on his ankle. So I think a lot of fans read that and said, well, okay, maybe there's hope here. Maybe it's just a short-term ankle injury, but you know, as we found out when it comes to Achilles x-rays are irrelevant. So I don't know what the point of that tweet was, but maybe it was a, a tweet to keep the air in the stadium. You know, if the fans heard he was out for the year immediately, maybe the energy wouldn't have been the same. So I don't know what the point of that tweet was, but the the energy was there and it was it was quite an exciting building. And then we saw it happen.
4: Yeah, I give him full marks for coming back, though. I mean, for the defense to stand up there and come back down double digits, that was an incredible win. And then with the walk-off punt return, that was awesome.
2: Yeah, the, the defense is legit. Uh, that defensive line is now like a poor man's version of San Francisco because what they've been trying to do is get basically two starting lines because that San Francisco scheme that Robert Sala brought to town – uh, where you, you, know, you saw San Francisco and their are against Pittsburgh that they did it again. As far as two waves, you know, they want their defensive linemen to run sideline to sideline and they, they rotate them a lot. The Jets just didn't have a good backup group. Now they have a good backup group with guys like Quentin Jefferson and Will McDonald and they were just harassing Josh Allen all day. So that's going to be a real positive for the Jets all year, that defensive line creating havoc.
0: All right, Dan. So after the game, Robert Salah, head coach of the team, came out and said, no, Wilson's our guy. We're going to stick by him. They kind of doubled down on that yesterday. Do you believe Salah and the organization?
2: You know, it's a tough one because it's a short week. And, you know, even if they were interested in another quarterback, how are you going to get him in here so fast? Short week traveling to Dallas on Sunday. And also, if you want to give Zach Wilson a legitimate chance for the first game or two to be the guy, his confidence was kind of shattered last year anyway. So it really wouldn't be good for him to bring somebody in this week. He's already looking over his shoulder. So I would say that, you know, if he has a bad game against Dallas, you know, maybe they bring somebody in next week. But I don't think they're going to do it this week because, you know, the guy is trying to rebuild his confidence. Does he need the heir apparent already in the building where he's thinking, you know, if I screw up against Dallas, I'm going to get pulled.
4: Yeah. I I just, are you disappointed? He was on the roster coming into the year.
2: Well, I think there's some confirmation bias going on. They're chasing the dream of a a guy they pick second overall and they want to make it work real badly. Uh, You know, Mike White would have been the better backup for Aaron Rodgers, but the timing might've been a little off because Mike White signed with his hometown Dolphins right out of the gate when free agency start started in the middle of March, and the Jets were still trying to figure out how they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not going to totally destroy them on that Mike White thing, but Mike White did not get huge money from Miami. He would have been the perfect cup for Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson still has some of the same problems as we saw last year. He does not see the field well. He doesn't go through his progressions well, and he's looking to abandon that pocket the, the, the first sign of the opposing jersey getting near him. Uh-huh. So he's just the guy that wants to play street yard, but will more than be a stay-in-the-pocket, one-two-three-checkdown kind of guy.
0: Let's throw some names out here and see if uh, it would make any sense to you whatsoever if the Jets would maybe want to kick the can on some of these guys and pick up the phone and have a conversation. Um, what do you think about the idea of calling the Saints and having a conversation about James Winston?
2: I think Jameis, I don't think Jameis wants to leave there. I think he likes being the backup and he's such a turnover machine. You know, that's not what this team needs because with a really good defense and a, a strong running game, as we saw from Brees Hall and Dalvin cook in the opener, they need a game manager. I know that's sometimes a pejorative game manager, you know, that's boring, but you know what? That's what they need. Uh, they need a guy who's not going to turn the ball over. So Winston is probably not a good candidate.
4: There was smoke on social media of Jacoby Brissett. What do you think of that?
2: Well, I, I, you know, I think Washington likes having him there as a mentor uh, to Sam Howell and as a you know a backup to Sam Howell. So I don't know how going how they would be about trading him. They like the influence. He's such a good guy, and he's helping Sam so much. I don't know if they want to pull him out of that QB room. But as far as a game manager, we know that's what he is. So – In a way, that would be a a decent addition because he he, he plays within himself.
0: Let's follow the money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Our guest is Dan Leberfeld. He covers the Jets for Jets Confidential Magazine. He's on Twitter, at Jets Whispers. I totally get what you're saying about a game manager. You don't want to turn the ball over. Run the ball. Defense keeps you in it as well. But I also think with that shaky offensive line, they're going to need somebody who is mobile and can run a little bit. Um, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, would you scoff at that idea? Would do you think it's okay? What are your thoughts on him?
2: I think he's very similar to Zach Wilson. You know, a lot of these kind of quarterbacks, a lot of these young quarterbacks, they need the offensive coordinator to be perfect on every play. That's one of the reasons that Sean McVay moved on from Jared Goff. It's like, man, I can't be perfect on every play. I need your help sometimes. I can't dial up the perfect first read. I think Trubisky's another guy like Wilson – He can make some plays here and there, but I don't think he's a good processor and doesn't see the field very well. So I just think he's maybe a little better version of Zach Wilson. I don't think that's the way to go.
4: Okay. What direction do you think they should go? And maybe go go after the established veteran who's sitting around there, either a backup or doing nothing.
2: Well, I think Case Keenum uh, would be decent. You know, they have. I mean, the guy. You look at his lifetime record, records, probably around 500. He's not great, but he knows what he's doing out there, and he can run a little bit, as you mentioned. But I would say this: I don't think the offensive line is as bad as people are saying. Obviously, that first drive was an utter disaster and resulted in a calamity for the Jets with Rogers' injury. But you know, Dwayne Brown. I'm, I maybe he shouldn't have started that opener, considering he had missed the whole off season and was didn't play in the preseason and training camp. He was very rusty, but I think Dwayne Brown, once he settles down, can still play left tackle. Mackay Becton should get better right tackle as things move forward, and the interior is not bad. So, yeah, the, the first glance at that offensive line out of the gate was terrible, but look at the run-blocking, guys. I know run-blocking and pass protection are two different things, but mm-hmm. the run-blocking was really good in that Buffalo Oprah. So I think this line, not the best line in the league, but I don't think it's as bad as some people are saying. I think it'll settle down and be a decent line. So I would throw out the name Matt Ryan. I would give him a workout, definitely give him a workout, see if he has the arm strength to, to make all the throws, have him run around a little bit, see if there's some mobility. Uh-huh. But if I don't think the lines, is see people say Matt Ryan's crazy because the line, I think the line is going to settle down and be okay. I, I think Matt Ryan is an underrated uh potential candidate here if the workout if they give him a workout and it looks like he's still got it
0: yeah so before this happened on monday night and for the record dan paulie and i are both like super high on this team i think the roster is you know virtually loaded almost everywhere um did you it's a it's a tough division it's a very tough schedule out of the gates the afc is nuts with how many good teams there are but did you think this team Like, was a true Super Bowl contender before it happened? uh, What happened to Rodgers on Monday night?
2: Yes, I did, because Rodgers looked good all summer. He looked like vintage Rodgers. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he really looked good this summer and then came in for that series against the New York football giants in the, the, well, for them, their fourth preseason game because they played in the Hall of Gaming. And he played uh, really well. Um, And, you know, he and Garrett Wilson, to me, were going to make magic all year. Uh, and we talked about the defense and special teams are really good. You know, now that they have a punter and you saw what Xavier Gibson did uh, in the terms of the uh, kick and punt return game, and the defense is really good, and the running game is is going to be excellent with that two-team uh, combination of Cook and Hall. So, yeah, I definitely thought they were Super Bowl contender now because. Aaron Rodgers, to me, the only thing he seemed to lose was the fact, you saw him on bootlegs and running around. He, he ran like a 39-year-old quarterback. He could run a little bit, but his mobility from the past was not the same. But I thought he could win big time from the pocket. Obviously, that's out the window. And Zach Wilson, to me, is not the guy. I mean, They, they just have to, like I said, Hackett needs to be so freaking perfect on every call. And if the first read's not open... The play is, is toast unless he runs around and plays street yard ball. How far can you go with that approach?
0: Yep, yep. I know. They yep. they go from a Super Bowl contender to, I think, a non playoff team when Rodgers goes out and Wilson comes in. You can follow Dan on Twitter. He's at Jets uh, Whispers, covers the Jets for Jets Confidential Magazine. Thanks for the time today, Dan. We appreciate that.
2: And anytime, guys.
4: Well done. All right. Keenum and Ryan.
0: What do you think? Well, he's confident the line will get better.
4: Yeah. I could see that.
0: Sure. If the if the line sure. doesn't get better then Matt Ryan sure. to me would not be an option as we discussed yesterday. Yeah. And then what happens
4: next year? Dan Marino was back after a year same injury. Vinny was back after a year same injury, but this guy will be in 40s. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but that's again, you you don't talk tough and say you back this guy and, right. he's the, and then you run this Mickey
0: Mouse offense. Real or Fugasee is up next. He was awesome on Sunday. But are we serious with the odds movement? We'll tell you what it is coming up on Follow the Money on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
4: It's a time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber? Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro games every week. Week 2 starts tomorrow. Picks page recapping all the best bets from every guest and host throughout the day in one convenient place. Check out the leaderboard. Betting splits page updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Join the team.
0: Maybe a little something here to add to your handicap every week in college football It comes down to turnovers on a weekly basis, and Kevin Rogers joins the program now, does a great job at Vegas Insider. He sent me over some numbers from last year, and it was startling to me. Kevin, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. So I want to ask you this to begin. What did you notice last year on a week-to-week basis with turnovers, and how did you plan on attacking it this season? I can't. Okay, my... all right. Lost them. Well, okay, we lost them, yep. Um, Good there's, question, though. There, there's something here where if a team is plus two or better or minus two or worse in a win and they're listed as a double-digit favorite the following week, right? hmm Last year, that was... If you faded that team, they were 54-33-2 and and 19 outright losses by double-digit favorites, Paulie. This is a week-to-week thing. Again, a lot of times you're going to make the case about turnover regression from a year-to-year standpoint with a certain team in the NFL or college football, but on a week-to-week thing, and Kevin is uh, with us here now from Vegas Insider. But what did you notice last year overall with some of these numbers, Kevin? And, And again, what was your game plan here in 2023?
5: Mitch, Paul, good morning. Uh, Well, first of all, uh, I wanted to see what the turnovers, how that meant towards the point spread for the next week and seeing some of these big favorites. I mean, basically, this is more of like almost an underdog uh, system where you're backing a lot of underdogs and trying to find value in teams, uh, getting a lot of points and also fading these huge favorites off big wins if they're plus two, plus three. What I want to see was first, it had to be plus two or more in the turnovers in one of the systems. And in the one you just mentioned, Mitch, if a team is plus two or better, or actually minus two or worse, which is interesting, and they're a double-digit favorite the next week in 2022, it was an unbelievable record, 54-33-2, as you mentioned. And if you took out the FCF teams that they played, which was 13, they were six and seven in those games. Uh, it was forty-eight thirty and 2 in the games that they were plus two or more, okay? So basically, just to simplify it, if you were plus two or more, you're a double digit favorite the next week, you fade that team, and you back the underdog. Okay. And you did very well.
0: Did very well last year. Do you? It's a very small sample size this year. Have you had any examples of that so far?
2: So
5: far, there have been five, at least in that system. And what's interesting is... It went four and one last week. The one we could almost throw out, but we're going to put it in just for good faith. Uh The winners were Eastern Michigan against Minnesota. I know it was a close shave. (laughs) Uh, Also Tulsa covered against Washington, Kent state covered against Arkansas and Appalachian state. They almost beat North Carolina outright. The loser was New Mexico state against Liberty. And that was at 13.0. Uh, it opened at 13 and dropped to about 10 and then closed at nine. We'll still throw it in because it was there most of the week, but four and one you'll take it. And again, uh, you know, Kent state hung with Arkansas. I know they were embarrassed by UCF in in the first week, but Appalachian state had a shot to beat North Carolina. We know Washington is much better than Tulsa and they kind of took the foot off the pedal, Mm -hmm. but all those teams had positive, uh, turnovers. Now North Carolina, was actually minus two in their opening in South Carolina, but also because they were then a double-digit favorite, it still went in the system. It was either plus two or better or minus two or worse than a double-digit favorite. So North Carolina was the only team that was in the negative, but still that system went forward one
0: Any examples of that coming up this week?
5: Yes, we do. So if you guys are ready for some ugly teams, I'm going to give them to you. Okay, so you would fade Wake Forest against Old Dominion and uh, you're getting a a few touchdowns with Old Dominion. Also, you would take Uh, Central Michigan against Notre Dame. Now, I know it doesn't sound Mm -hmm. great the way Notre Dame has played, but also Notre Dame does have Ohio State next week, so this could be a look-ahead game for the Fighting Irish. You would take Illinois against Penn State, and Illinois has not looked so great through two games, but also, remember, Illinois beat Penn State two years ago in that wacky Mm -hmm. eight overtime game with all the two-point conversions. Also, you would take South Carolina against Georgia, and uh, South Carolina getting almost four touchdowns. You would actually on Thursday night take Navy against Memphis. Also Tulsa getting nearly 28 against Oklahoma. Wyoming getting 28 against Texas. Texas coming off the win against Alabama. Uh, Hawaii, this is an ugly one against Oregon. And also there's uh, Oregon State, uh they are laying a ton against San Diego State, so you take San Diego State in that spot.
0: Okay, plenty of examples there. Let's follow the money here on Vsin, the yeah. Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Kevin Rogers, Vegas Insider, looking at like a week-to-week uh, turnover um, column and, and systems here for college football. Also, what do you have if a team is plus two or more and lost the game? Then they come back the next, next week and they're a favorite. What does that qualify for?
5: A team that's plus two or more and lost. Actually, last year, Mitchell went 17-6. and six. So it wasn't a ton of examples, but still did pretty well. And unfortunately, this week, we don't have any examples in that one. But there was another one that's pretty close, that if a team is minus two or more and lost, and they're a favorite, you would fade them. That was 45-27-1 and last year. And the examples of those would be you would fade Vanderbilt, uh, against UNLV this week, and that's the shortest one on the board. This is just doesn't have to be double digits, just any time is a favorite. Mm-hmm. So you would take UNLV against Vanderbilt. You would take Louisiana Monroe against Texas AM. A and M just lost to Miami. You would, this is what this one's a scary one. You would take USF against Alabama. Uh, they're getting a ton of points at home. Also UTEP is facing Arizona. Arizona's coming off that overtime loss to Mississippi State and you would take Georgia Southern against Wisconsin after Wisconsin was minus in turnovers. Uh, they were minus two in turnovers, and they are favored this week against Georgia Southern, so you would take Georgia Southern in that spot.
0: So a lot of these examples, again, as you pointed out, you're going to like hold your nose here. It's going to be a lot yeah. of uh, ugly dogs that we're talking about, right? And where like, for a game in which a team may have been impressive, they won their turnover margin by at least two the previous week, well, there's a chance they blew out their previous opponent, and you're saying like the point spread might be inflated the following week.
5: 100%. And uh, I think uh, you mentioned it uh, right before I got on, 19 outright losers uh, in the first system that we mentioned. And even looking back uh, last year, Vanderbilt pulled off two upsets uh, in that uh, situation. Washington State beat Wisconsin on the road uh, in that also uh, Michigan State beat Illinois, Duke beat Northwestern, so uh, Washington even uh, uh, beat Oregon on the road. So there were a lot of examples of teams that, it's not about not needing the points, but they somehow just played well. And I, again, I feel like the odds makers, they, they really inflate these lines on some of these teams, and you can get value with, with some of these underdogs.
0: Right, and I think you told me before we came on here for the segment, Kevin, that when you tracked it with Georgia last year, and they were laying, you know, a zillion points in every game anyway. But when they were qualifying for one of these systems, what were they? One in four
5: last year, ATS. They were one in four ATS. Now one of them was against Sanford, an FCS opponent. They were laying fifty-two and one, thirty-three nothing. But they were plus three in a forty-one point win at South Carolina. The next week, they beat Kent State by seventeen, laying forty-five. And on the flip side when they were because georgia's that good they could lose the turnover battle and still beat you that last year uh they were minus two against kent state they go to missouri remember they almost lost that game right uh the only winner came against auburn uh at home but then they played mississippi state late in the season they won 45 19 they were minus two they went to kentucky laying 22 and a half and won by 10 so they uh some of the games, not that they didn't get up for, they just couldn't, the numbers were just too high sure. to cover. So that that's why even teams like that, yes, it's tough to say the Georgias and the Alabamas, and the Ohio States of the world laying that many points, but sometimes it's just too many points to lay and they just, and they can't uh, cover it. So sure. you got to take a look at the underdog.
0: Yeah. And by the way, we have like 30 seconds left, but there is a bet on system. And that is if a team is negative two or worse in a loss and they're listed as a double-digit underdog the next week. That would be a bet-on system, uh, according to what you've done here going back last year, now tied into this year as well. You can follow Kevin on Twitter. He is at VI Rodgers. I love it, though, man. Great job looking this stuff up uh, with the research, and uh, awesome numbers. Thanks for the time today.
5: All right, you got it, guys. Thank you.
0: Yeah, take care. There you go. A lot of information there, a lot of numbers, a lot of teams, obviously. And if you're just tuning in right now, you're like, well, what was that about, Um, With all rattling off all those uh, colleges? You can go back when it's posted later on today catch the follow the money podcast wherever you get your podcast and listen to the breakdown there from kevin rogers up next we do have an update on uh, what the jets are saying their game plan is going to be after the aaron Rodgers uh, injury on monday night
3: This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss
0: and Polly Howard on VCN. Welcome in. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Starting this hour off with college football. Uh V-CIN host Tim Murray joins the program. His show is called Vsin Prime Time. Weeknights at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. The podcast that you want to listen to on a weekly or twice a week, uh, at least, is called the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast as well. Tim, thanks for the time today. I want to begin with a team that remains the biggest story in college football in terms of, like, eyeballs. popular. The ratings for the Colorado Nebraska game were silly. I mean, it was right behind <laughs> Texas-Alabama. Uh, it gets, you know, for real next week when they take on Oregon. This week, it's a look-ahead spot, rivalry game. They're laying a huge number. Do you have any interest here in fading the buffs and making a bet on the Rams?
3: Well, I was wrong last week. Uh, took Took the points with Nebraska, um, and you know, for the first what twenty two minutes of that game, I was like, yeah, might be the right side mm-hmm. here. Nebraska defense is playing right. Uh, Jeff Sims, unfortunately, or uh, had had other uh, plans, as <laughs> uh, it led to some turnovers, and uh, we weren't able to get there. So, yeah, I mean, situationally. Uh, this this seems like a great spot, um, you know, pun intended prime spot. Right. So we've got Oregon waiting in the wings next week. Uh, Colorado will go to Eugene and then following that they will host USC. So, look, I, I always look for situational spots, whether it's a letdown, whether it's a look ahead. I do think there's a bit of a letdown here. Um, you know, after the Nebraska game, you know, Colorado fans storm the field. Um, emotional again, you know, Shador Sanders talking to playing the disrespect card again. Um, Look, I I don't know what, uh, what they're going to pull up for uh, what Colorado state's been saying to uh, disrespect the buffs. I don't, we don't live in Colorado, but it it does seem like an interesting spot here for, uh, for Colorado, even though this is an in-state rivalry, I don't think this is necessarily based off of, you know, the guys that, Deion Sanders has brought to Colorado. It's not like these majority of these guys are from that state, right? They're from all over the country. So I don't know if this rivalry necessarily means a ton to them. Those guys are no doubt looking forward to 330 Eastern ABC next week against Oregon. So, you yeah, know, I'm just gonna sit back and see if we can get a 24. Um, you know, we'll see where this number goes. You know, people are gonna keep betting Colorado, and rightfully so. I mean, they've been that good. You know, no matter who you talk to, whether it's odds makers or professional bettors, guys, uh, biggest jump, uh, you know, in the week again was was Colorado. Colorado State was a team that, guys, I was bullish on preseason for, you know, their win total to go over, uh, liked what they did in the transfer portal. Uh, they are going to make a tweak at quarterback. Clay Millen, their starters out due with, due with an injury. You know, interesting aspect of this, which is almost you never see this early in the season, guys. Colorado State's actually coming off a bye, so does that help the Rams a little bit after they got their, you know, cl- uh, clock cleaned against Washington State uh, in week number one? So I'm gonna sit back. It's not gonna be my favorite bet of the week, but if look if we get to 24, uh, I'm gonna have to take some Colorado State here and hold my nose because uh, Colorado 2-0 ATS and they've looked uh, pretty. Pretty darn good uh, covering both of their games that they've played so far.
4: How about a letdown spot with Texas after the big one against Alabama and their four touchdowns at home to Wyoming?
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and and where you guys sit, uh, the number's gotten up to 30. Um, look, I, I, uh, I pointed out last week that Wyoming was in, in a massive sandwich spot situation coming off of the emotional win against Texas Tech. And then, you know, they're going to Texas this week. And in the middle, they were playing a team that just gave up 81 points in Portland State. So they they took care of business. They won but did not cover. That would be the Pokes. Uh, now you've got 30 points at some spots, including Circa, uh, there with Wyoming. Wyoming's quarterback a little bit banged up. So certainly something to keep an eye on there. I know he was uh, he was banged up against Texas Tech. And then I think he uh, got pulled in the second half there against Portland State. But, yeah, this is uh, a massive letdown spot, you would imagine. You always get worried with Wyoming. Uh, they they showed they could score enough points against Texas Tech, even though going down 17 and nothing early in that one. But, yeah, you would you would have to imagine letdown spot this week for Texas. And, you know, another situation, uh, guys, I, I didn't think we would get much higher than 28, but as it sits mm-hmm. at 30, with some of these letdown spot situations, it doesn't seem like we're in a rush to need to grab the number, right? Yeah. We could just kind of sit back and be like, all right, we're – we're sitting at 28 and a half. There's some 29s. Hell, could we get to a 31? All right, we'll sit back and wait. But now classic letdown spot here uh, for Texas coming off of a really, really impressive performance last week, obviously, against Alabama.
0: Let's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest is Tim Murray, VEASAN host, podcast again called the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Get it uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You're going to be at Notre Dame, And Ohio State next week. Great job by you. Awesome job planning that out. Uh, So we go from a letdown spot to a look-ahead spot here. I know Notre Dame's been great so far. The competition, uh, NC State might not be great this year, but they. I mean, look, full marks to the Irish for that second half. They were awesome. Uh, There's still a 35 available this week, one on the board anyway, but it's coming down a little bit against Central Michigan here. What do you want to do with this number?
3: Yeah, I think you have to look at Central Michigan in this spot. Uh, Central Michigan you know, coming off of a game-winning field goal against FCS New Hampshire and Notre Dame guys, 3-0 ATS because they played in week zero. And uh, they've been, you know, covering by margin, right? A 20-and-a-half point favorite against Navy, wins by 39. Following week, they played FCS team in Tennessee State. I think the line closed 49. They actually found a way to cover that one. Uh, They beat Tennessee State by 53. And then last week, uh, I was not on... Uh, the NC state side, but it would have been NC state or pass for me. It closes seven and Notre Dame, you know, wins by 21. Um, Like you said, uh, Mitch, the the second half was really impressive. The defense, I thought, uh, you know, stepped up in a big way. I thought the secondary played well, certainly some questions about the pass rush. And obviously next week is going to be just an enormous, enormous game for the Irish. Look, I, I know a lot about Notre Dame and thinking back to some of the biggest games that have been at that stadium, um, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame, in the COVID season uh, when, you know, they rushed the field, whatnot. Uh, but this might be the biggest game with the, with a crowd, a full crowd, uh, since the Bush-Bush game. I mean, there's been some other decent-sized games for sure, uh, but this is going to be a top-10 showdown against a team that Notre Dame has had pretty much no success against mm-hmm. in you know, decades, I can't remember the last time they beat them. They don't play Ohio State all that often. So, uh, yeah, I think you got to look a little bit towards the chips in this spot, um, you know, and and credit to Notre Dame. You know, Tennessee State could have been a letdown spot, um, knowing that's an FCS opponent. And they won by 53. But uh, at 35, I think you got to look towards Central Michigan here. Bert Emanuel Jr. is kind of a a fun, uh, you know, uh, uh, quarterback he'll run around and, and could gain you some yards kind of be a pain in your in your backside. So yeah, I, I think you gotta look a little bit towards a, a peak ahead spot here for the Irish because, you know, to their credit, to your point, as you mentioned, Mitch, they have been buttoned up this year, right? They they have not slipped up yet, albeit against what seems to be kind of inferior competition. But um yeah, I think this is your classic look ahead spot and and maybe a workmanlike effort. And if you're Notre Dame and you're up 21, 28 in the, the second half, and your head coach who went to Ohio State, you think they're going to start pulling some guys? I think that's pretty likely yeah. there uh, in this game against Central Michigan.
4: Don't have much in the way of marquee games, but what are your thoughts on Florida at home against
3: Tennessee? Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where this was a, a marquee game, right, Paulie? But uh, this is the game that uh, so far um, you know, is, is the one that intrigues me the most. Florida catching six and a half right now. Uh, there were sevens last night, so you can get a seven. Uh, obviously, look around, but I, I really like Florida in this spot, guys. Um, you know, we look at the home dogs last week. I've been kind of monitoring all the home dogs, uh, 8, 10, and 1 ATS last week. So not a, a great weekend for, for the home dogs, but man. I just think Billy Napier really needs this spot. Uh, you look at Week One national spotlight; they look terrible against Utah, and I just don't think they're as bad as as that twenty four to eleven performance showed. Uh, backing Graham Mertz is is not really an enjoyable experience, so uh, I'm gonna have to hold on to my butt a little bit for that one. <laughs> um, but you know, Tennessee's dealing with the, some injuries. Um, you know, look at one of their their top linebackers. They got one from a, a transfer from BYU. He's out. So the depth could be in question. Uh, and I, I just think Florida at home in the swamp, catching six and a half. If you could find a seven, obviously that would be the way to go. But I think Florida's live in this spot. Um, and I think when you look at the schedule, guys, they only have, because remember, the cocktail party against Georgia is a neutral site. They only have three home games in sec play this year now they get florida state at home but billy napier who's in you know year two but we know that the heat is intensified when you're playing in the sec when you're playing at florida when uh, florida state now is having the success that they're having when miami just takes care of business against texas a and m you don't want to be the you know the guy who's got the worst team in town so i think the the pressure's there on florida and i am not sold whatsoever on Joe Milton in this offense. Mm-hmm. And this is not an overreaction to their, you know, play against Austin P. Uh, I just think Florida is going to be live in this spot uh, against Tennessee. So I'm going to take the points. And, and lastly on Tennessee, how about this? Uh, I was doing some uh, digging a little bit, a players only meeting already for the Vols after uh, the Austin P performance. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, something a little off down there in old Rocky top land, but uh, I'll take the Gators at the, uh, at night in the swamp
0: yeah that feels a tad early in the season no doubt for a players only meeting you can follow tim on x he is at one tim murray and make sure that you uh listen download subscribe to the podcast it's called the veeson college football betting podcast and it shows is prime time six eastern three pacific Monday through friday here on Vison thanks tim enjoy the week
3: all right boys see ya. There
0: Thank you there you go i love the idea he's going to travel to uh for the South Bend, or for the um, Notre Dame and Ohio State game next weekend. Oh, the schedule next week. Oh, it's so good. Oh man. We'll recap last night's betting action with win some, lose some coming up next here on Follow the Money Vsin the Sports Betting Network. Heart Media does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at CallShe.com.
6: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why and what it all means.